2020 podcast for August 7th. So this should be the day that you're listening to this. And if it is, say Alhamdulillah, baby boo. Cannabis and Religion Part 3. With established ancient Judaic use of cannabis and now with modern day stigma. To formulate a conclusion from the macro, episode 1 of the series, to the micro, episode 2 of the series, we are bringing it back to at the macro again, episode 3. This is DJ Arab Z, Zaid. I read the books guaranteed, but rest assured I know the streets. Coming to you live from Sin City LV, this is Unfiltered Vitamin Z. On a Wednesday, Wednesday night interlude. One more time. You know, on a Wednesday, like the Drake's on All Alone, on one more day till Shabbat Shalom, bringing this to you from my mic and phone, from the micros, we think we know to the micro that's always been shown. Do you even know what's unknown? Oh yeah, triple digit heat. Got us motherfuckers dizzy and puffing on this bubble gum, chewing on these rhymes just for fun, for the love and the search for what's up above. I pray we all can feast on this grub. One a day, no siempre una manzana, pero seguro un abrazo. Estoy aquí para hablar sin aplauso. Where them doubts go, just like thoughts don't, just like I thought though. Just when they heat up, I crack open a window. I stay updated like windows. My shit clean like your mama's window. Got you spinning like where does the wind blow? I'ma tell you something, may not already know. With only one life to live, I don't have a fuck to give. Vitamin Z, unfiltered vitamin Z. You heard it here first. I came to fuck, not flirt. She mistook it and lifted her shirt like Mardi Gras. I came to ball. I know what I saw, but do you know what you can't see? How? Your hands can't hit what your eyes can't see. You've been too low on vitamin Z. Best believe I get what you need. I read the books guaranteed. But rest assured, I know the streets coming from Sin City LV. This is unfiltered vitamin Z. As I was saying, cannabis and religion, part three. So you have like, I don't know, man-made as a concept that I mentioned earlier. Excuse me. A little bit of cotton mouth, but it's all good. Man-made concept I was telling you about with religion, you know, saying something is man-made isn't necessarily to say something is bad, right? Mankind have done a lot of great things. What only thing it allows us to do as humans is to critique as, <clears throat> excuse me, as acknowledging that in any sense of micro or macro, there is no arrogance. You know what I mean? And that nothing can be deemed as perfect 100% because... The acceptance of that, there is no moving forward. There is, there always should, there should be the goal of trying to make it hundred percent. The question, it can something be hundred percent? But you gotta meet. You can only go up to ninety-five. Allow like a small window for other things to grow and be worked on, and strive for it. You know what I mean? But anyway, another thing I wanted to relate it more. Talking, wrapping this up on this series. This is what I've been trying to demonstrate to y'all on a micro and macro level of the micro micro to micro and back to macro philosophy is cannabis and religion i think one of the things we were talking about stigma goes back especially in the arab community i think what goes to what goes is to arab insecurity now moroccans don't have that north africans because they've kept it still as part of their culture and it helps a lot in their black market economy and you know their hash and their weed you know it's been it's been flooding europe and pretty the un already estimates that half of weed in europe is coming from morocco that's why they call it, that's why they call sometimes spliffs like keefs, which is different than what the U.S. consider it term of K-I-E-F. For them, it's K-I-double-F. 
because of the rift mountains that go up um, from like the northeast all the way up to Tangier and then gets ex um, exported to Spain. And the reason I mentioned them and bring that up is because North Africa having a different culture to assure the laws and everything is not that flexible. But in reality, you know, in Tangier, there's cafes literally for you to go there, smoke middle of the day, whatever, as a practical thing and be on your merry way. You know, pick up some torta de, some tortillas, uh, Spanish tortillas, not um, Mexican tortillas. You know what I mean? There's people like practically their design knowing that the munchies are about to kick in. And that's what hash does to you. It's like a body high. Then it's like a either I'm hungry high or, a, you know, either getting hungry or then boom, you want to go to sleep. But yet you see, you know, Arabs being, they took over past Asians of consumers of, of cigs. And it's like choosing to smoke a cig, you know, to have that sort of relaxing feeling that you get. But having control over your mind you know you know the association between the mental and the, and the psychoactivity aspect of weed and having a fear of a control changes state of mind i think it's all bullshit and it goes back to you know religious condemnation a lot of the times and i don't know i mean if, if you don't want to smoke weed that's fine who the fuck cares but don't tell me it's from religion because it's just like you can't say it's just because of religion if something that has direct quotes of not doing something like alcohol then you better understand the question more so than the answer in, in either aspect. As a disbeliever, every so much as a believer, if you don't drink alcohol, you got to answer with a why larger than simply it's just to say no, you know, just not so. It's, it says that it's not good for me. Well, how the fuck you answer qu uh, questions so quickly? Like you got to ask why and question the authority no matter where you fall and what you believe or don't believe in. It's okay to say that the reason you don't drink is because of damage to my health, impairment of my judgment and vision and using all the accident alcohol uh, re uh, related accidents and drunk men beating their wives and shit like that. I got to say, I mean, say what you want to say, but if motherfucking stoners were smoking and beating their wives, all these states would not have legalized from Cali to Massachusetts. So either we accept religion as total bullshit, which then acknowledges this cannabis culture and science as bullshit, and we don't discredit weed any more than necessary to do so with religion. That's the or option. That's the other option. I don't think, you know, religion is going, something, is going somewhere anytime soon. It actually absorbs and changes through times and goes through reforms and period of violence even, but it doesn't disappear outright. And if weed and religion have the same connection that it seems, and modern day social and medically usage of cannabis isn't a reason to be doubted, then what we have is simply the need by using something so old yet so new and natural like weed as a case example. A micro, like I've said before, that both cannabis and religion are, it can then enable us to know, to examine the macro and direct a new one for the future, a way peacefully but properly. I've shitted on religion numerous times, and most people I look up to all think it slows us down on a micro and macro. But what if, with what we know and can't ignore, we accept that it's not going anywhere? But to get both sides to change perspective, it's not, you know, like a good versus evil typical fight. It can't be seen that. I agree more with Jordan Peterson on this than I do so more than with someone like Richard Dawkins, that religion can be a tool for re-examining human history. If we do it properly to examine the elephant, not to be stuck staring at its ass the entire time. Do you know that um, elephant problem? You know, there's six, seven people. You know, some guy says this feels, you know, you know, rubberish. Uh, I, I, something's hairy. Something's stinky. I, I, or I, I feel this. I see this. And it's just like six or seven people all on really up close on some part of an elephant. 
And in reality, it's like, no, you can't just be looking at one part of the elephant, you know, from its head to its ass. You got to see it. You got to back up just a little bit to actually see that what I'm looking at is a fucking elephant. Thank you to all the people listening right now. I should have said this warning, like, I guess in like my first episode or something like that, or at some point, or maybe the beginning of this episode even, but fuck it, we're like eight minutes in. We'll just say it right now. I think you will nor, N-O-R, nor benefit from the entertainment, nor get educated from any information if you come in with outright condemnation and ignorance and misuse of education. Like, if you're already coming in with the mentality that we've been trying to discuss and analyze and deem as not as most acceptable for forward thinking on micros and macros then boom part of the motherfucking problem not the solution you know what i mean and it's like yo how hard not where don't ask why but why would we want to be on a wrong side of history why not get on this good side you know what i mean or at least why not aim to be and at least be thinking in that context and simply dragging on to a bunch of bullshit that could steer us off a course that has been already lived on before you know what i mean why repeat history? Why transition from a macro to a micro only to go back to a same macro? You know what I mean? You could be doing the order right, but you got to be looking at it as past, present, future. Like the example in case that I gave with China of somebody with reach and steep history and foundation, right? They have that, which we don't study. We kind of, you know, when we say in the U.S. that I studied history, you kind of imply that you study U.S. history and then the world around that. Not necessarily saying you know, I guess in in a, in a specialty sense, but we deem ourselves a history, you know, history channel, so many military things. Like, people just think, you know wars, you know military, you know all those little facts and details and fucking weird stories, then boom, you know history. And it's not true. Knowing history isn't having the answer, isn't knowing knowledge. No one goes to study history, or at least you shouldn't be, and no one should be, excuse me, no one should be taught history coming from the mindset of, hey guys, mem- memorize all this shit. Why do we need that? We have the internet to look up those stupid dates and stories. Like, we need people to frame questions and to look at different ways of thinking in any field. And I think history is a great micro example of that. I'm like self-prophesizing my life. Because that's the thing when, it, when they talk about like between free will and destiny. You kind of, like, yeah, you have a free choice, but it's almost like your body's like a pattern in your mind and everything that you do. So in, in, in a way, we kind of trick ourselves into thinking everything we do is a free choice when in reality it is our own destiny that we constantly write within ourselves because that's naturally who we are. As humans, which is the macro, and on a micro, our own individual genetics and environment and situations and you know uh, experiences, of course, that makes us all unique. If you still listening and you still disbelieve in the powers of vitamin Z, I'm going to bring all a uh, public of understanding sort of assessment and past assignment that I did. So in this case, the question is, taking into account the local nature of science culture, do you think it is possible to develop a global approach to encouraging the public participation in science policies? Now, a global approach is difficult to create. But a global focus and reframing is necessary to account for changes and developments in STI, science and technology and innovation, and how that subsequently impacts the international system. Now, a global perspective, or to think global and to act local, uh, it's a Hebrew, also University of Jerusalem, international development program focused. With that in mind, 
the public within individual nations can work with a macro framework presented by organizations and guidelines presented by organizations like the UN, WHO, and NGOs, and other resources. I'm sorry, and other sources of, cre- of credible leadership and education. People can then use the local leadership of mayors, neighborhood leaders, and you know other impactful people in different movements. Cities in parallel diplomacy play a role in the overall communities surrounding many issues presented and discussed through science policies such as super blocks in Barcelona or sustainable development and uh, public transportation in cities like Curitiba in Brazil. So with a background in history and context of the U.S., especially modern history post-World War II, my approach to this question deals with the participation aspect as the public does not always react to policy and political landscape shift as well as global agenda topics in the way many anticipate. The public does not think on their own and depend on the environment, specific cultural, local, national case. How people participate in science can be dictated from local education, industry, and even geopolitics. The difference between, I'm sorry, the competition between the United States and the Soviet Union, for example, during the Cold War went into many aspects of not just nuclear weapons, but space as well. The Soviets got the first men to orbit the planet first, but it was the U.S. that made it first to the moon. So for the Soviets, allegedly, so for the Soviets, their accomplishment was so grand, they put a picture of the astronaut in many buildings all over the country. Soviet Union was able to put be the first to orbit Earth during a time they cannot produce a functioning washing, washing machine. So think of that accomplishment in comparison to where they were at versus us going to the moon and where that average American was. You know what I mean? It's like, holy fuck. In modern times, nations like South Korea and Israel invest over 4% of their GDP to research and development. Now, Israel in particular is a global leader in fields from cannabis to cybersecurity. Other nations like Japan and Germany have national plan and a science, technology, innovation policy strategy. Both nations have quite nationalistic pride in history of demonstrating so. Leadership and demonstration of science education of plans set forth by national governments will be a heavy determinant of public participation in science policies. Merkel in Germany has physics and scientific background. However, to engage the public with having a leader with science education is not the only participation. We'll take greater form. It is also bottom-up because science and technology problems are being presented in the 21st century, such as automation. And possibly having a large useless class presents those questions for the public and policymakers. Increasing temperatures in many parts of the world has now reported by UN and other sources could cause a third or three and a half billion of the world's population in 2050 to live in unbearably hot temperatures demanding a need for massive migrations. The public will definitely be participating in science policies because the future of our civilizations depends on it. And the very policy they seek to participate in relates to a problem that either affects them now will one day in the future and or affect their kids and future generations. Overall competition between nations and strengthening of education and science will cause many nations to tune their STI strategies, invest more in R&D, and invest more in their public in order to get better product out of them in science. You know, in West Bank, um, in Palestine, physics is practically a free degree because not many study it, so some schools are desperate for students. Armenia was a center for Soviet Union's science industry, and even on a micro level, the locals to this day play chess and got hella community centers for kids to use and learn so many different things for free. The track record and historical presence of science has allowed the small landlocked nation to continue to grow in intelligence and tech. You know, Estonia is another example. It was left with nothing to do, nothing, sorry, with nothing uh, as a foundation when the Soviet Union 
broke up. So the new government had a new field, a new population to experiment. And now they're leaders in cybersecurity and overall online tech savviness. A majority of their nation does their taxes in a few minutes, whereas an average American spends hours um, up to 13. Oh, I'm sorry, I think the average is 13. Then for it's about like 95% of people do it about like 5, 10 minutes or less in Estonia. The global approach has to be from the macro to the micro and back to the macro. People have to feel and relate to scientific issues on a global issue, especially global problems such as pandemics and climate change. However, people have to also feel that they can do something small on a daily or macro scale that would lead to a different future, hopefully better for the subsequent gener generations. Leaders and average citizens are being presented by issues in the realm of science, technology, innovation, a top-down and bottom-up transformation with both meeting halfway, you know, from the big to the little, we got to meet in in the middle because the conversation can no longer no longer excuse me be ignored and the impacts will be felt by all a global approach is not necessary in a direct sense that many might argue for especially in the conversation for global governance the course is already shifting in the quarantine experience and questions that have been presented as well as the role of technology and internet usage has created much participation of social media and news consumption participation then becomes not a question but a problem when the criteria for public participation not defined, especially with a generation of participants that are comfortable sharing opinions online without fear of consequence for what they say, or fear of consequence in a sense that it is not in a physical aspect, it is not a physical confrontation, a physical conversation, it is an online one where no one will be able to react to it in front of your face. Education of the public and the leaders they elect will dictate not if, but when to put heavy focus to put on science policies, especially where in many cases the mistake and lateness could be life and death. I don't mean to leave on such a negative note or pessimistic in any sense, not at all. You know what I mean? It's interesting to see how when you question authority, when you question institution, a government and then or religion, and some people within that get insecure and retaliate with loyalty and patriotism and blind faith, some even. Since when does being insecure about something mean you have to retaliate? So when does something not have to be, you know, when does something can't just be an insecurity? Okay, but something you want to strengthen on. You know what I mean? Why does it, again, it's a micro issue because those are, the, those are going to be the ten types of people that probably don't work on every insecurity weakness that they have or aren't even aware or even going to spend any time of their life putting any attention of things inherent about them that are actually slowing them down in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. Again, cannabis is a micro, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out what's really ticking you. Why is it that you can't get up? Why is it that you have all, you know, all these symptoms of anxiety? You know, you're losing your appetite. You have all these uncontrollable thoughts. And, you know, it's not just about worrying or stressing about something. It is a range of physical and, and mental waves. So as well with any other concern, you know what I mean? There's people going in and out of different moods you know, frequently, and they don't know why there's, you know, different ages and different time periods for both genders where like a bunch of hormones are floating around and different body changes where it's like, what the fuck is going on under, you know, other in clouds of other, of other environmental and social factors. So basically what I'm trying to say is, is like, say shit and come at it with the intention of you might be wrong and that's okay. You know, that's all like just come in. If we all could just be a bit humble and show some bit more humility you know, in our, in our, in our day to day, right? Because we can never change anything together. We will never change anything together in a macro if we can't come together on the micros. You know what I'm saying? So that's the note that I want to leave us on better than where we last ended off. So 
under 20 minutes not bad at all you know i think that this is a pretty good pack pretty good punch it's like a friends episode on netflix you know because without commercials so it's like 20 to 22 minutes but yo tell me this wasn't better peace y'all much love thanks for listening